Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 49 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post-match reaction of Inter-Roma at the, at the San Siro. Uh, finishes one nothing to Inter with a goal from Marcus Turam in the 81st minute. As always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined here by Johnny Paterno. And of course, given the magnitude of this game, we had to bring in a uh, a special guest. We have Joe uh, joining us today. Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you guys so much. It's an honor. Awesome. So uh, this game was it was a a game that I think everyone thought was going to be pretty difficult to overcome Roma's uh, game plan here because of how defensive that they were going to be. Um, definitely a side that came in. I mean, you can tell from some of the substitutions that they made, the intention was to pick up a point and they certainly played like it. Um, and it's difficult to break down teams like that. On top of that, you have the emotions of uh, of this type of game. Lukaku's return to San Siro after betraying the club, betraying his teammates, and they certainly let him have it. I personally was a huge fan of the atmosphere. I really do feel like San Siro is is a 12th man for us sometimes. But uh, Johnny, I'll kick it over to you. What did you think about not only this buildup, but what the stadium was like from the moment uh, Lukaku came out of the tunnel to do his, uh, his warm-ups? Dude, can you imagine having had the opportunity to be there? For that to hear how loud the Sancido was roaring. I saw some videos on Twitter. It was electric. Like I've I, I don't remember the last time I've heard it that loud. Um and rightfully so. You know, you have a guy like Lukaku coming back uh with the things that he did, the way he acted this summer. You know, I don't think I even with the way I felt about Icardi. I've, he never would have done the flirting with Juve and Milan the way Lukaku did. So to have him come back here, obviously with not only just the the importance of him coming back and how it would uh, you know rile up the crowd, but also the magnitude of this game. You know, Juve was already to get able to get back to the top of the table for the first time in like three years. Uh, so we needed these three points. We can't afford to drop points to a team like Roma, Lazio, stuff like that. So you know, Nima stressed it last week. It was extremely important to stay focused and be able to get the three points today not just be hung up on the the moment of of having Lukaku there and wanting to really just get back at him but these guys came ready to play the fans were ready for the, for the moment and even though I mean listen hats off to Mourinho he obviously had the right game plan to try to steal a point um but we were able to to come out on top and that was massive for us yeah, I also, um, you know, kind of coming into this game, I had the feeling that if the players let this emotion um, become a part of the story of of the game for them, then they were ultimately going to get screwed by Maresca because we saw that that refereeing performance like just so not only uneven, but you just can't even some of those calls. It's just like, what exactly are are we watching here? Like, what exactly 
are you seeing on the pitch that, you know, everyone else in the stadium is, is seeing something differently? So that was my biggest fear that ultimately the emotions would allow Maresca to have his influence on the game. But um, thankfully that that didn't happen. Joe, do you think Lukaku was, we obviously saw him smiling, you know, applauding the fans before the game. Do you think that Lukaku's performance was affected by the stadium today? Or was it more a fact of Roma just couldn't get him the ball? They, they weren't in the game. A little bit of both. Um, I think a little bit of both. Um, I think he was clear. It clearly got under his skin. No matter how much he can smile and smirk at it, it was getting under his skin. Um, and Inter's game plan against him was perfect. 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 They closed off the passing lanes. They had a Serbi matching him. A Serbi and Bastoni mainly matching him for physicality. Um, it was just on. It was. Inter played him the, some of the best. They played him so well. They played so well against him. It was some of the best I've ever seen a, a team play against Lukaku. Yeah, they they completely took him out of the game. Um, but that also wasn't something that I I wasn't expecting to see because obviously they know the player very very well. They know sort of what what uh, makes him tick, how he does his best. And, um, you know, they were able to to shut that down today. So big win for Inter that guarantees them to be in first place through the remainder of the round, despite the fact we have Napoli and Milan coming up. The, the closest an opponent can get is Milan, which is still one point behind us if they do get the victory today. So as it stands right now, we are top of the league on 25 points. Um, more than double our closest competitors' goal differential. Juventus is sitting on 10, plus 10, and we are sitting on plus 20, uh, which is wild. Uh, wild at this point in the season. And I think, um, you know, this side is very quickly three wins out of three uh, after the international break. You know, we're we're easily one of the best sides in uh, in Europe. So big win for us today. Let's go ahead and, and talk about this game a little bit. In terms of big chances in the first half, uh, six minutes in, we see Chalonoglu hit the post. I mean, one of these days, he scored some world-class goals, but one of these days, these uh, this hitting the post is, is going to have to stop. He's going to have to put them in. Um, we saw uh, Dumfries break down on the right flank, float across for Turam, who gets it on target, and also DiMarco firing wide uh, after breaking through um, into the box. What did you guys think of the way that Inter came out in that first half? Obviously dominant statistically, but is it what you wanted to see uh, from the team today? Johnny, I'll go with you. 100% it's what I wanted to see. And you know what? Before before we uh, I go further into this, I got to give a shout out to, to Denzel Dumfries for that that Ivan Perisic display in the first half. I know, uh, you know, I get a lot of criticism for not being his biggest fan and, and always uh, pointing out his his flaws. Uh, but my goodness, I and I'm not even just I think take that even aside. I think this was his best performance for Inter, in my opinion, um, start to finish. He was influential. You know, I, I only saw really like one misplayed pass, but he, you know, was moving well on the right side. Him and Barella were making good overlapping runs with one another. I thought that he, you know, was making the the right plays at the right times. So, you know, hats off to him for for having such a great performance. Uh, the only the only knock I have is that I wish he would have just gone down when he was getting pulled by Zalewski on the that outside. In, shot. Yeah, like that's the only I 
just go down. He's he's got you pulled. Like even if they don't call it, I would have rather you just going down because I mean, if you did, I think it would have been a penalty with the way he was just draped all over him. But that's it. You know what? I mean, I think he he knew he could outmuscle him. So I, I guess credit to him for doing the honorable thing. But my goodness, what a display by him. Um, I agree with you. Uh, Alessandro on on the the Hakan thing, you know, I mean, it was a great shot. One of these days, they do have to start going in. At a for a second, I thought it was going to go off the bar and off Patricio and in, and, and I would have died yeah. laughing if that was the first goal. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that we really came in. The problem was just not finishing our chances. You know, we were really breaking them down very well. We were making the runs that were really getting being able to get between the seams of their defense and, and find guys running into space, which I love. I, I love when a guy is able to play a ball and run onto it and be able to continue pushing. And there was a lot of that in the first half. It just the final ball really into the back of the net, whether you look at Hakan, you look at DiMarco's opportunity. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Turam had a, a had a chance at a header. And then, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, even the Pavard trying to get the overhead kick and, you know, there was like a lot of chances in that first half for us. Even just, that half volley from Pavard, like, he, you know, in I, the, I did, you know, I did get excited when you see yeah. the, the behind the net and you see how wide it was, it was like, okay, he wasn't even close, but uh, yeah, right. I did get excited thinking he was going to repeat, you know, the world cup uh, goal. So, uh, yeah, no, I thought it was, I mean, great game plan of just not being able to get the goal, which seems to be a common theme with us, not this season, but like in seasons past, that's the frustrating thing. We're like, we really probably should have won this game 3-4-0, but at the end of the day, three points is three points. Um, but I did like yeah. the game plan and the way the players were executing it to the best you know, of their abilities, minus the, the finishing. Yeah, I also, you know, we did go into halftime at nil-nil, but I don't think that a lot of times this season we've been able to characterize Inter as slow starters, like not really getting into their game. That wasn't the case today, despite the fact that it was nil-nil. It was more a... You know, a matter of us not getting, um, not being like inch perfect, right? Like you said, in terms of the distribution, there were a couple balls from both Duram and Lautaro to Denzel that if they were just slightly more accurate and on target, he's, you know, he's flying off to the races. So there was a lot of good. I think our listeners have to give you credit, Johnny, for uh, praising Denzel. And I think the reason <laughs> why is because both of us care more about their performance than you know the stat sheet at the end of the day that says that Denzel has an assist right he did not get an assist in today's game but like you said his performance was um much more crisp there was another player in the first half that was a huge standout to me Joe did you think that that was Barella's best performance coming out the gate for us this season because I certainly thought that he was very very sharp that's the Barella we've been waiting for that's what I've been waiting for. It's it was back to what he should be, and that's it was such a relief. Just not just the first, the first half was better than the second half from him. I think he got a bit tired, but the his, the game today. This is the Barella I wanted to see. The effort was there. The passing was there. The the creation, just everything was there. It was just it was so it was such a relief to see him back to being the player that he should be. And it was it was so refreshing to watch. I loved it. It was such a joy. Yeah, he um he was a vacuum with the ball at his feet today. Like nothing was getting away mm-hmm. from him. There were no errant touches, especially in that first half. And he was also like you can tell that this is the sort of game where the emotions kind of 
he had them under control, but he was using them in his favor because he was definitely like playing with intent to, you know, get things done for Inter. So brilliant first half. Second half started with, um, you know, more of the same. Tough to break down. Um, Turam had a chance where he headed right over. Uh, Paredes got a chance to to line up from a, a free kick and uh, went right into the wall, which um, we know a lot about. It's either over the wall or or right into the wall with some of our set pieces uh, around the box recently. Uh, Somer pulls off a fantastic save in the 66th minute off of a header from Cristante that really was difficult because Somer was falling away from uh, the direction that Cristante's header went into and was able to make that athletic um, you know, fingertip save. To, and also the thing that's underrated about that save is not only the reflexes to get there, but pushing it away from danger, right? Like that's, there's a lot of things going on in his mind at that moment. Um, a really top class save from a top class goalkeeper. Johnny, I'm kicking it over to you. Talk about your boy. I don't think people understand just how class of a goalkeeper Jan Sommer is. I think that they may not be familiar with his game, may not know how critical he was for Borussia Mönchengladbach how big he was even last season for for Bayern. The guy is, in my opinion, a top 10 shot stopper in Europe. Like, you could put him up there. I mean, yes, obviously Courtois is is, is class. And and then you got, you know, Allison and and guys like that who are are still better than him. But, I I mean, definitely top 10. I I would maybe think seven, top five, potentially, if you really want to look. It's just pure shot stopping, Not, not, not anything else. And that save in that instance, with it being nil-nil, was huge given given the circumstances. You know, we were dominating rate of play. That was really their first opportunity of of any type of scare, you know, in the interbox. And to get it, you know, listen, Cristante climbed up there really to get above Bastoni and, and, and get a good header on there. And like you said, for him to be going, falling the other way and then be able to to readjust and make that save and push it out the way he did massive and I mean I think that that could continue to drive us moving forward I think that his play it's you know some people worry that it say that he's got a little bit of chaos in his game I don't see that personally I I think he's a very calming presence in the back I think he has good communication with the center backs his reflexes are ridiculous even for a goalkeeper at his age you know you typically expect him to start slowing down around 34 he still has the ability to have those reflexes and when you are a shorter goalkeeper that is huge for your success. You know, actually, if you look at another short goalkeeper who made his debut for Bournemouth last year, you know, or last, I'm sorry, last yesterday, I should say, um, Andre Radu, our former, like, if you look at the goals that were in, and then there was another one that was ruled offside, there was no reflexes from him. He did not react, and he is a shorter goalkeeper. So I think we have to be very thankful that we, we were able to get Sommer the way we were at the price we were able to get him. You know, yep. we were going to be struggling to find anyone, especially of that caliber at that. You're not going to find anybody. So I, th- I would I mean, clean sheets aside, I think in terms of this season in Serie A, I think he's been the best goalkeeper in the in the league. And, you know, and no, no, no disrespect to Manyan. I mean, but Manyan has given up some ugly goals. And I mean, he got torched by us. Um and this hasn't been his best season, so uh, it's. I'm not saying he's the best goalkeeper in Europe, but I think in Serie A, he's he's definitely been the best so far this season. 
There's no doubt about. I mean, he's seven clean sheets in ten rounds. Is that's all? That's all you need to hear, right? And he's a big reason why our goal differential is sitting at twenty at this point in the season. A tremendous save at a period of time where, from the sixtieth to seventieth minute, that's when Roma was, I believe, at their most dangerous. They had a little bit of you know momentum coming back on their side. Um, in the 78th minute, Bastoni collects a um, a ball on the right-hand side of the pitch, delivers a, a ball to the back post that Lautaro just doesn't get to. And then, of course, in the 81st minute, Aslani, who I thought came into this game really, really well and performed in really, really crucial minutes with Hakan off the field, pings a ball across the pitch to Di Marco, controls it. Uh, very well and lashes a ball across the box that Duram gets on the end of for a really, really good finish. He beat it into the ground as opposed to one of those where we've seen all the time. If it's driven at you, if your foot is pointed in the wrong direction, you can sail it over the bar. So it was really uh, a terrific finish from him to put it into the ground like that. Inter takes the lead one nothing. Joe, do you think that Marcus had on his mind today to make a statement given that he is the guy that's come in to, you know, I know Nima argues that it, he's taking Jekyll's place and that was ultimately what they wanted and to bring Lukaku back and have Turam act in the Jekyll role. But the fact of the matter is, is he's been elevated to what Lukaku's role was expected to be. Do you think there was a little bit extra for him today that said, hey, it's Lukaku time is well and done. It's my time here at the San Siro. Well, he may be taking Zeko's place practically in terms of his playing style, but in terms of his presence on the team, he's definitely taking Lukaku's place. Um, it was a, a, I'd argue, this performance was world class from Tehran. It was he played. I mean, it's his best performance of the season, and that's saying something. Um, he's he's come on, he's come to Inter, and has been absolutely amazing. Um, I think he did have it in his mind that like, I'm going to show, I'm going to show them what I can do, and I'm going to show them that they don't, you know, you don't need to miss him anymore, right? And that's how it felt. You know, I tweeted when he scored Lukaku who, because we don't miss him because Taram has filled that void so well. Yeah, he really has, and um, for all those folks that you know thought he wasn't going to be much of a goal scorer this year. I think I've been really impressed with, you know, his his finishing uh in front of goal this year. I think he's going to have I hope, fingers crossed, he's going to have more goals than um we expected him to be. And obviously that partnership with Lautaro seems to just be they find each other really really well. Um they both are tremendous in their hold up play and distribution to get the counterattack going. They're huge you saw the difference between when it's Alexis and Lautaro on the pitch and when it's Duram and Lautaro and, and how we want to play <clears throat> compared to what we saw against Salzburg. Like they're, they're huge outlets for us on the counterattack to just possess the ball and, and lay it off to the midfielders and, and burst up the field. So good to see more of that today. Uh, 90th minute, Carlos Augusto rattles the crossbar with his... <laughs> With his right foot. And I don't think we're seeing DeMarco rip them with his right foot. He offers something different. We've been talking about it all the time. I was, you know, another player that is really coming into the game and, and making himself, his presence be felt um, just awesome from him. And it would have been nice to have that screamer to put us up to nothing. But obviously the uh, the crossbar had different ideas. And that's how it ends. Uh, six minutes of, uh, of extra time and Inter secures 
the one nothing victory. All right, uh, Joe, any other thoughts about the game itself before we talk about some of these individual player performances? Oh, um, not really. Um, I think it's it was the perfect game from Inter overall, and just the way the way the game, everything surrounding the game went. I think you couldn't have asked for a better result. This is the way it happened. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Johnny, any other thoughts on uh, on this game? Obviously, we took home the three points. Uh, performance was very satisfying. Any other things that stood out to you about the way that we played today? No, I mean, I pretty much got to echo the Joe sentiment there. I think that it was perfect from every aspect, even outside of it leading up to the match. Um, and to be able to recognize the the importance of this game and not just get sucked into the moment of Lukaku's return and allowing your emotions to get the better of you was massive. And you know, I got to give credit to Inzaghi for for keeping them focused and and, and you know and, and maybe in the past we may not have put in this type of performance given the circumstances and allowed the the moment to be bigger than than it actually was and to let it slip away from us, but he definitely came in with the right game plan. He had everybody doing you know the the right things, and I I'm very pleased with this performance. Even though the scoreline may not do it justice, it, it probably is. Like, like I mean, Joe said a perfect performance. Like uh, it just doesn't reflect it. You know, compared to the the Milan derby where we dismantled them, this was a uh, this was ju- I think just as good a performance, just without the the finishing. Yeah. Um. In terms of uh scoreline, the expected goals was two point three five from Inter to point one four from Roma. <laughs> so definitely uh could have been a little wider of a margin, but no one here is going to be complaining about uh three points. Um, Johnny from the back line, who was the best performance today from you? And then I also want to hear um specifically what you thought about. Bastoni's performance um because he's come under criticism a little bit recently for being I guess maybe lackadaisical in his defensive intensity did you see more of that today or was this a a bounce back from him and then of course your your thoughts on the back line as a whole yeah I mean I think uh I think Pavard and and Achetabi were very good you know when Achetabi goes home tonight he'll be able to to empty out his pockets and he has his cell phone he'll have his keys his wallet and he'll also have Lukaku there so um another good one where he was just able to negate arguably the biggest threat uh a team has and you can look at that with you know his the way he handled Holland and now uh Lukaku which you know similar profiles in terms of build obviously not in terms of of skill set and finishing because I would you know Holland's probably a better finisher um but great performance by him I thought Pavard was playing very well up until Unfortunately, that that to me that wasn't a yellow. I mean, I understand it's a dangerous play where your leg is over your head, and it also. But he's obviously not going to try to kick. I don't remember if it was Bove or Zalewski who who got hit, but that wasn't. That's not what he's going for. He's he's trying to make an extraordinary shot. I I don't. You could call it a foul for sure. He does foul him, but I don't think that's a yellow. I understand by the rules it is, but to me. It, I feel like there has to be some type of intent to the, for it the to be. intention behind the the foul. The intent of the player was that Bove stuck his head in there. It wasn't Bavard trying to yeah, exactly. get to yeah, the exactly. ball with Bove's head right there. Yeah, it's it's just not a yellow. But we we could talk about Mareska later. Um, 
but yeah, Bastoni, another another subpar performance. The ball, he did have a ball in the second half that he that just missed Turam and, and bounced in front of Lukaku. I mean, sorry, Lukaku, Lautaro, um, <laughs> that just went wide. Uh, well, yeah, wide in terms of not even getting on goal, but that was probably the only good thing that I really saw. Um, he was getting cooked. And then, you know, the El Sharawi chance obviously was massive in terms of where the, the positioning is for a free kick. Thank goodness Paredes is the worst. I don't know why he's even taking free kicks for them, but thank you very much, uh, Jose. Um, but yeah, I just think defensively he continues to regress. And I said this last year that I think that Perisic really masked a lot of his inefficiencies as a defender. Great on the ball. Typically, really like world class with with long passes, cross play balls, um, being able to find people, and even shooting himself. He is a he is a he has a decent shot uh, with his left foot, but I just don't see the growth defensively, which seems to be a problem really with just across Italy in general, where we just don't have those center backs. Like, I mean, for crying out loud, we have guys like Mancini and Bastoni starting for the national team, where in years past they probably wouldn't even be considered for the national team. We would have had so much talent at our disposal. So it just really shows um, the state of defending in Italy. If these are the op- the best options we have, but you know, I, I just I, I expect more from him, and I don't know if that's something where you where he could like talk to Achebe or work with Devry or something where they can you know give him a little bit more tactical awareness, a little bit better understanding of when to commit certain fouls and how to position your body to get between yourself and the attacker and to not allow them to just be able to drive wide and drive past you so easily. Um, it's it's a struggle. Uh, I, I'm hoping that it's just, I don't know, uh, a blip on the radar and that he does turn it around. But so far this season, I think every every game he's played has been subpar defensively at the very least. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think he's becoming a victim of being such a key cog in this team offensively that oftentimes his positioning is more like mentally, he's more geared towards how do I put myself in a position to receive the ball and start, you know, a counterattack from the back or, or progress the ball up from the back as opposed to you know, understanding where do I need to be defense first. Um, I also think he's not getting getting stuck into challenges i think he's been a little bit shying away from sort of the toughness of the game um and i do think you know defensively he has taken a step back this season but he's very capable of being a good defender we've seen it it's just that he's i guess mentally focused on the offensive side of his game um and it's sort of having some impact on uh on him defensively Joe, are you in the same line of thinking? Is there anything that you're seeing about Bastoni that's sort of um, different from what we're used to? I wonder, I mean, this is clearly an an, an Italian defender problem right now. This is a very bad generation for Italian defenders. Uh, I think looking at another defender kind of in the same mold of Bastoni and Scalvini, I'm starting to wonder if this is something that happened in their development at Atalanta because they both—I believe—they both came through the same youth system at Atalanta. Yep. And I'm wondering if this is just how they're brought up—that their focus is 
you know, more so how do we start the counterattack and go forward as opposed to how do we have tactical awareness, how do we get in the right position, etc. It's concerning a little bit from that angle. It's something that can still be learned. I, I think he's still developing. I think he will develop it. But I don't think he'll ever be a great defender. I think he'll be a great player. I'm not sure he'll be a great defender. It's, I don't want to write him off completely, though. Yeah, we're definitely definitely not writing Bastoni off. Um, you know, the discussion is more something that's been coming up recently on um on social media of just why does defensively look does Bastoni defensively look a little bit less solid than what we're used to seeing and um it's likely just a, a blip of form that he's going through, but it is something to monitor. I also agree that, you know, Acerbi did well in the role that he was supposed to be um you know, supposed to be up against today in terms of pocketing Lukaku. Pavard, I think, offensively, like, was finding himself in a, in positions higher up the field because of how well Denzel was was doing and sort of pulling um, pulling Zaleski wide and and giving Pavard the uh, the initiative to be able to run into space there. And it was good to see him get you know into the box on a couple of occasions. Um, defensively, I thought you know. Given the clean sheet, it's it's hard to really have problems with uh, with anybody. Let's shift the focus to the wingbacks. Um, let's talk a little bit about a player whose spot is, I don't think it's controversial to say, a little bit tenuous at this point, given recent performances, and that's Federico Di Marco. He gets the assist today, but like we were saying with Donfries, you know, when we look at the the whole of a performance it's not so much the stat sheet and one moment while crucial it's just he looks a little bit out of sorts compared to the blistering start to the season that he had johnny are we are we officially on board the carlos augusto starting from here on out until fede gets himself back right or are we, are we you know continuing to throw out fede as part of our our best 11 look i'll be honest i was not excited about the Carlos Augusto signing. I actually wanted Robin Gosens to stay. I thought even with the preseason he was having, uh, I thought that he could have an integral part with this lineup and eventually take the starting role back. But week in and week out, we see the quality that Carlos Augusto possesses and the immediate impact he's able to make and that he's also better defensively than than, than Dima. As much as I love him, I think it, I think it's time to... To, to maybe rest Di Marco. He's not putting in the same type of performances that he was last season. Um, I thought, yes, like like you said, Alessandro, the assist was great, but I need more than that. And realistically, outside of that, every pass, every cross was, was not great. Um, it feels like he's almost, I don't know if it's rushed or or what it is, but typically balls that would be finding guys in the box are just sailing over them. They're lofted into. They're not delivered with the same drive that they were last season. Normally, his left foot is a cheat code, and lately it's been more of a hindrance. So I would I would definitely bench him. Now, that does mean that we're not going to be getting the same type of balls because that's not something that Agosto really possesses in his game. He's more of a direct player. Now, he can deliver a decent cross in a, in a pass every now and then, but it won't be expected the way it is with Di Marco. So I think it's worth, you know, you have these players to rotate for a reason, right? So yeah. it's like, why are we not allowing them to, to take advantage of it? You know, award, reward players for good performances. 
I'm ready to make the switch, to be quite honest. Um, as much as I love Fede, and I mean, listen, I have his kit. You know, he's a player I love, especially growing up in Interista. That that to me yep. means something. But we can't just, you know, rely on sentiment. There has to be quality performances put in to be able to continue to have your starting role. And I don't know if he, you know, last year it felt like he knew that Gozins was the quote-unquote starter. And that's why he was maybe giving those performances. Whereas now it almost looks like because he's a de facto starter... He doesn't feel like he has to really work as hard as he was in previous seasons. So, and that could just be me feeling that, you know, maybe that's not really what he's thinking, but it just looks that way is all. So, yeah, I don't think it's good for a player to not feel competition. And I think that he should, he should feel the competition that Carlos is providing. The thing with Carlos is that he provides much more in terms of his central combination than, than DiMarco does. Um, And I think that he might even be a better finisher once he's in the box. So it is something that I'm intrigued to see. I would like, you know, we saw it against Salzburg. Um, Carlos got a, a nice long run out. We didn't play our best there, but I'm interested to see what this lineup looks like when we're playing at the peak of our powers with Carlos Augusto making those runs. It's not a bad thing for Fed to take a, a little bit of a backseat. Um, Joe, has uh, has Dumfries solidified his place over Darmian? Obviously, when Pavard came into the team and was ready to start starting games at right center back, it was a conversation that we had. Should Darmian go back into his right wing back role? Given today's performances, today's performance, has it changed for you, or was it always Dumfries is part of the best eleven, um, even when everyone is healthy on that right hand side of the pitch? I wouldn't say. I, I when I when we started the season, I kind of thought the Quadrado would take that position from Dumfries. Now, since then, Dumfries has had a fantastic, uh, a fantastic start to the season statistically, and on the eye, it's been better, um, especially today. Um, has he solidified it though? It's tough to say. Um, I would just. If he continues playing like this, then absolutely he can play every week. The thing about it is with Dumfries is I still don't trust the lack of technical ability. It can give it can be very frustrating um, and concerning. I'm not sure he's a guy who can ever truly solidify his place, but he's playing well enough to where I I appreciate what he brings to the team. So. From that standpoint, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we're going to know for sure until we have Cuadrado back and getting minutes and seeing what, you know, the two of them look like. Obviously, Cuadrado started the season with his hair on fire, those first couple of performances looking really, really lively and dangerous. Um, but Denzel has done well with the the time that he's been given and uh, no reason for us to criticize him on this day. Congratulations, Huyan. You are, you're doing it, man. You're doing it. Let's talk about uh, this midfield. We spoke about Barella's performance today. Johnny, I'm, I'm curious, was this the best performance uh, Nicolo has put forth this season uh, in an Inter kit? Is he, uh, is he back to be- <clears throat> being his best? I won't say back to his best, but this has definitely been his best performance of the season so far. You know, when he's at his best, he's pinging passes, he's, he's taking shots, he's, he's scoring goals and, and providing assists. Um, so he's not there yet, 
we've seen glimpses of it this season, even in some other games, even from the first game this season, the Fiorentina game, you know, he's had some moments of brilliance. Um, I wonder if it's because he's kind of put this, uh, honestly, false accusation behind him about cheating the game and, and betting on it, that now he doesn't have to worry about it and he can focus on playing, and that now we're starting to see him get back into to his best. But I, I still I still know there's another level with him, and he hasn't gotten there yet. But once he does, man, like... I honestly feel bad for the rest of the league because I don't, there's not a better midfield out there. Like this is this is it. We are going to be able to to run rampant. And then what if Inzaghi finally you know opens his eyes and recognizes that Mkhitaryan isn't the player that should be playing, and then he moves Barella to the left and you have Fratesi and with Hakan like that that could be just like chef's kiss. That that's what I want to see. That's what I think most Interisti are crying out for and would love to see have a, a real run out and not against a team like a like an Empoli or or Lecce or something like we want to see it you know I mean heck I wouldn't even mind seeing it in the, in the upcoming game against Salzburg to be quite honest but um yeah I think Barella is 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 inching his way back to to being the player we all know and love as as really a top three top five midfielder in Europe I have zero faith that Inzaghi is ready to pull the plug on uh Mkhitaryan. Why do you have to be the heavy, man? <laughs> I have zero faith in it and I think that um what we saw against Salzburg in terms of, you know, how sort of disjointed the midfield was with Fratesi in it from from the beginning, um just because we played so deep and Fratesi was was positioned so high up the pitch that it really left us stretched. I think that's going to give Inzaghi all the ammunition he needs to you know keep starting Mkhitaryan but for me it's obvious that Mickey was the weakest performer um in the midfield uh actually probably on the pitch to be to be totally frank um something that I I see with Mickey more often these days is that he can sort of kill a counterattack by himself whether he lets the ball run a little bit or he just hangs on to the ball a little bit too much um it's just you know sometimes it's it's really rough and you when you have a ferrari on the bench in fratesi it really you know it really makes you want to see what that can look like so we'll see i doubt that we'll, we're gonna see mikitarin on the bench anytime soon um at least for a stretch of games but um we'll see how that plays out Joe, from uh, from Regista, another solid performance from Hakan today. Anything special about his performance that you want to pick out? And if not, tell me a little bit about what you thought of Aslani's 15 minutes. And it's been happening uh, a little bit more frequently. We're starting to get Hakan some rest, which is a good thing. Um, what did you think of, of those two today? Well, I think Hakan put in a professional performance. He did have that crunching tackle that the Roma players were arguing was a red card. Insane. Um, I didn't. I didn't think it was at all. Um, and it one was thing. One thing form. on that, you can see him angle himself towards the challenge being on the ball. Had literally nothing to do with the player. He angled his foot so that yeah. it would be in the path of where the ball was coming into. Had nothing mm-hmm. to do with uh, whatever the people on Paramount Plus were thinking about. What a crunching tackle that was. Anyway. Oh, what a crunching kind of borderline red card. Yeah, whatever. Um, but 
you know, I, it was a professional performance and my client did a good job protecting the back line. Um, yeah, it was good. The start in the first half was excellent. Um, I really liked Pickon's performance. Um, but I'm going to use most of this time to praise Aslani, who I've been quite critical of in this early part of the season. But he seems to have really found his feet in the last two performances. Um, I was really critical of him after he started against Sociedad and was a bit of a disaster. Um, but this performance, the pass to set up DiMarco to assist for, um, was Pirlo-esque. Um, it was a, an amazing ball. Um, and he played a couple of those today, actually, that were just really good. He was fantastic. His passing was fantastic to begin on. Um, he, he looked just incredible. And I, it reminded me of just the talent this kid has. And I really liked what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, he's the one that, that pinged DiMarco into space in order to, uh, to release Duram. So, um, I, I agree with that sentiment that he's starting to really come into his own. Like obviously defensively, he has a lot to work on, but I really like the talent that this kid has with the ball at his feet. Um, he is good for a switch, no matter what the position is on the, on the pitch, he can find, uh, his man, which is something that we always praise Hakan for. So, um, it will be interesting to see what the minutes look like moving forward, especially given how important Hakan is to us and how important it is that we have to sort of uh, preserve him. Uh, Johnny, talking about the forwards, is it a controversial statement to make to say that Turam's level of importance to this Inter side is either just under or at the level of Lautaro's at this point in time? Dude, it's not controversial at all. Like we see how this guy impacts the team, the difference that he, we he, just him him being on the pitch is such a difference for us. Yes, Lautaro is getting all the glory with all the goals, and I'm not taking away anything because he does put in like 10 out of 10 performances. Not even if he doesn't go goal score, he he's always pressing. His passing has been on point. He had a few passes today that were just gorgeous, like threading the needle to to release Dumfries one time on the first half on the wing. Um, he had another one that he, you know, flicked on to to Turam. So, but Turam is just right up there. Like they, these guys, it's almost like uh, telekinesis. Like they just know where each other is, and and they know how to play with one another. They know how to to make overlapping runs. They know how to weave in and out and and get out of each other's ways and when to do it. And these two guys, the the thing that worries me is like we need to maybe renegotiate that contract with Taram and get that ninety five million dollar release clause out of there because with the way he's playing, City PSG, like I, I mean I said it last week, if if PSG sell Mbappe in the summer, you don't think they're gonna take that money and just come to Inter with ninety five million and just take him from us right away? Like we need to we need to get that deal redone asap and bump it up to one hundred eighty or something, but. Um, he is extremely important. I I knew I wanted him. I know Joe wanted him even like before the Korea thing. Nima did too. Um, I knew he was good. I didn't know he was this good. And maybe it's because he didn't have talent like this around him at at Mönchengladbach. Like he was really having to carry the weight by himself. Um, and now that he has legitimate talent at every position feeding him balls, playing up top alongside him. 
it is unlocking a monster. And I am so happy. One, that we, we literally stole him from Milan. And two, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw the thing where Taram said that he was always going, like, if, if Inter was still interested, he was always going to honor the agreement he had from two, two years, years ago. ago. So I was yeah. like, that mentality and that level of, not class, but like just that, I mean, just to have that that type of honor um, is something we don't see in modern football anymore. Now, granted, yes, he could leave next year and then we're, we're back to square one or whatever, but let's not think about that right now. But like the, the way he is performing and the way that he is taking on this, I mean, he really is like a leader on the pitch. And even the way, like, I love the way he was kind of chirping at Cristante at the end, Belotti. Like, this meant something to him. And almost like he had something to prove that you didn't need this other guy who's on the other team right now. I'm the one who's here to, not only am I going to score the winners, but I'm going to lead you guys to glory. And I will I will say, I, if we had him last season, I think we win that, that, that Champions League final. Couldn't agree more. I truly believe that. Couldn't agree so, more. And I think, um, you know, we talk about Milanisti having to see Turam in intercolors after being so close to signing him. How bad <laughs> do you think Juve, Juventini were feeling when they're looking at Lilian Turam at San Siro, <laughs> throwing his hands up in excitement over his son scoring a goal that puts uh, Inter top of Serie A? It's just, um, yeah, his, his signing is been so impactful on so many levels and I think the other thing that needs to be talked about from his performance today it's not only the hold-up play and the distribution but also him in space taking his man on like those stepovers and just easily gliding pat the way that he glides past players it's it's gorgeous right it's what everyone you know says or thinks about when they talk about Leao and Cavada taking players on like that's what he looks like just easing his way past the defenders and so good in tight spaces um just a brilliant brilliant performance that I definitely of the top two he was um you know he was our most impactful player getting on uh, on the score sheet what did you think of Lautaro's game Joe um Obviously, he played a little bit more of a support role today, um, given that, you know, Durams was more devastating with the space that he was getting. Um, what did you see from the captain today? Was it the uh, same sort of performance that we've come to expect um, from the Argentine? Um, not quite. Not quite. Uh, not his best performance of the season, certainly. Um, not bad either. Um he had some good link-up moments, and he pressed very well today. Um, he pressed the ball very well today. Um, but it, it, he didn't have the decisiveness that he usually has. Um, that being said, you know he's played a lot recently. He may be a bit, a bit, a bit tired. Um, but still, I would say not bad from him today. Probably a six, six and a half out of ten. Yeah, I think Roma also made it a point to not let him impact the game and to sort of play him really tight. So in order to get free, he had to come really deep and, you know, wasn't exactly able to to show what he can do in the box. Um, but, you know, again, like defensively, it's important what he does in, in terms of his pressing. So you can't you can't fault him for today, even though he didn't get on the score sheet. Um, Johnny, I'm going to let you freestyle here for a little bit. Maresca. Thoughts, comments, <laughs> questions, or concerns? I mean, all of the above, 
Like what what how do you how do you call one thing a foul one way and then the exact same foul occurs two minutes later and it's not a foul until I'm right outside the box? Like that could have been a second yellow. Nothing. Mancini was getting away with mur- like every foul he did commit. He gets he gets a yellow card for dissent, and then when he commits actual fouls, you're not giving cards. I I just don't understand it. And then you're throwing a yellow card like. Lauti a, a yellow card for dissent, all because he's asking for the second yellow for Mancini. Doesn't doesn't come, so but he gives he gives Lauti a yellow. He gives um, Hakan a yellow. Listen, it's it's a foul, fine, because he did go in with a hard challenge. Like you said, he he rolls his foot so the studs aren't up. He initially goes in, but what player doesn't go in with studs up when they're first sliding in to to try that's to make a slide tackle? That's the tackle that you have to make on the ball. Yeah, like that's how yeah. you push like, the ball out the, of the way. Exactly, like. Like what do you want him to do? Like go studs down, so then he gets stuck in the in the in the pitch, and then you know tears Injures his ACL. Himself. Like yeah, like I just yeah. I, I I don't understand. You know, I just don't get it. But you have <laughs> the foul on on Dumfries even outside the box, where Zalewski's around him. Which if he goes down, you probably call a penalty. But it's the initial contact starts outside the box where he's grabbing him. So you could have called a foul there and had it outside. The, I'm not even asking for a penalty. It, just he has no consistency. This guy should not be refereeing Serie A matches. It, his inability to not even call a fair game, not even a balanced game. Like one thing's a foul the, for the other team, it's not a foul. One, you know, one team can mouth off and you you don't give dissent. As soon as like Lauti barely didn't, he just signaled, and boom, immediately yellow card. Like <laughs> I just don't I don't understand what like. Are you easily offended? Do you just get triggered by a player, you know, doing something, trying to do your job? I, I don't get it. We see it time and time again with him. And I feel bad for when, when I see him roughing even other, you know, big matches for other clubs. Now, granted, I, I get to sit back and laugh a little because then they could see how we feel. But it, it, it's just, it's, it shouldn't be this situation. How is... I think we could all agree that Daniele Dovreri is the best referee in Serie A. He's imposing. He calls a fair game. He calls a clean game. Things don't ever get out of hand with him. Nobody starts, but if any, and nobody even really reacts to him because they, I think they respect him because they know he is a good referee. Like, why do you not have him? Like, he should be the automatic, any game that could be for a cup, any game that could be a big one, whether it's Juve Milan, Inter Milan, Napoli, Roma, whatever. Like anytime it's a top six matchup, Dovredi should be the guy that is the referee assigned to that match every weekend. No questions asked. I don't need to see him refereeing a Cagliari-Frosinone game. I don't even know he was the ref for that game. But like, you know what I mean? Like he does not have to be doing, that guy should be doing it every single time. Maresca is a joke. I, I don't understand how, how he still has a job, to be quite honest, because he does he, he, he calls fouls that actually cost people titles. And then he does things like this today where he just allows it to... Initially, he was doing actually pretty good. I was actually kind of surprised. And then, boom, as soon as the first bad foul calls comes and he doesn't call a foul, but then he calls the reactive foul that, that Inter does to kind of like stop the, the, the counter... It's like, oh, now, okay, here we go. Maresca's going to start, you know, doing his... He, it's almost like he likes to be the center of attention. I don't know if his parents didn't hug him enough as a child. Now he now he gets to make up for it by being on TV. Um, I, I don't get it, but it's 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 getting ridiculous that this is, you know, what if we didn't score that goal? 
or he, right. and he and he just allowed fouls to continue to play. Like, you know, I don't know. It's it's just it's just crazy with him. My biggest issues with Maresca today are one, if your hands are on the opponent's back during an aerial duel, but there is no push, that's not a foul. Like that, if you're not extending your arms, that's not a foul. We have to stop with your hands. That's feeling your opponent during an aerial duel is like how you gauge space and how to enter in on the ball. It can't be that every time you go up for an aerial challenge, if your hands are on your opponent, it's a foul. That doesn't exist. And that needs to stop. That's number one. Number two, bowling through Turam from behind right outside the box. In what world is that not a foul? In what world is that not a foul? And three, the lack of a backbone to stand up to Gianluca Mancini, who is in your face all game, like being any other player on the pitch, is that aggressive towards a referee? They're getting a, a yellow or a red. Like why he was letting, you know, oh, Mancini is just being Mancini almost felt like what the attitude was. Like fucking no. Like if, no. Treat him the way you would treat every other player on the pitch. His Mancini is a, a bum of a player and all he has is this aggressive tough guy attitude and it's it's annoying to watch and as a referee you have to show the backbone to be like dude you're not doing this to me today there was a, a period of time where he pulled over I forget which two players I think it was Lautaro and Cristante in the first half to speak to both of them and he kept telling Mancini get away get away get away and Mancini was just hovering around there like you have no no spine over the game Pull out your card and say, if you're not walking away, you're getting a yellow card. Okay, enough with this. Like, which would have been my, a second. Which would have been a second. But like, again, you are. Uh, Johnny's uh, has the congratulations balloon going on his, his video right now. I, I don't know what like MacBooks are getting crazy, but anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my my biggest issue. But enough with the uh, the bitching of the ref. I just had to get get that off my chest there. Um, one thing about that too. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to second something Johnny said, which was, why not have Salvari ref this match? You have him ref the second leg of the Coppa Italia after the first leg against the, so the two legs, Juve and Inter. There was the first leg, which was very controversial with all the racist incidents and stuff. Why not have him ref this game? You know the atmosphere is going to be awful or hostile toward Lukaku. Let him ref the game. He's an imposing figure. He's probably the best referee in Europe. I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know what the FIGC is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, not great from uh, from the refs today, but ultimately didn't come back to, to bite us in the ass. All right. Uh, Joe, thoughts on Inzaghi, the way that he set the team up today, the tactics to break down uh, Roma's uh, low block? It was perfect. Um. It was just it was typical Nzagi ball. Um moving the ball side to side, trying to get players, you know, to kind of <clears throat> to kind of move out of position and then hit him with a vertical ball when they do. Is how I kinda of saw it. Maybe I'm simplifying it a bit too much. But um it was just a very good Nzagi ball performance. Um I thought he did very well. I thought he managed the occasion well too. And that was very important today. It was, I played before the game, this is introverse Roma, not introverse Lukaku. And I think that's how the team played and that's how it felt. 
Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. And, um, you know, this is an important victory for us to have have picked up. Uh, like I said, three straight wins after the international break. Like we have a gauntlet of a schedule coming up um, and really important to get these three points today and not have the Lukaku game, um, the return, be an influence in uh, in this match. Alrighty, guys, any other last words before we get out of here? Uh, and celebrate the rest of our Sundays in our uh, our black and blue kits. No, nothing, nothing for me. I mean, I'm super, uh, super happy with the three points. I think that's huge for us, especially coming up with the Atalanta match. Um, yeah, it's uh, it is, it, it feels really good, especially to keep Lukaku off the score sheet too. I did not want him yeah. to have the pleasure of being able to to celebrate. Uh, at the San Siro, and I think that it could have got ugly if he did, to be quite honest. And although I don't want to see him happy, I also don't want to see you know racist chance and it yeah, getting out yeah. of control with stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, uh, very proud with the performance. Very proud of the guys, and uh, excited to to see uh, where things go. Oh, and uh, Huyan, you said we were going to lose this game in the chat. You also said that. Uh, Oh, that we're we're not fini- we're, we're going to be fighting only for top four. We'll take that, buddy. Take that. We're back on top, and we're going to stay up top. All right. Come on, guys. Be better than this. Be better than this. Uh, <laughs> all right. We uh, we remind Lukaku that he has made a massive downgrade today, which was uh, a nice little cherry on top to the three points. So Inter on top of Serie A beats Roma one nothing at the San Siro. Let's get out of here, guys. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi.